Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast, and today we are previewing Ohio State's matchup with Illinois. It is Saturday. Happy Saturday, February 25th, 2023. Happy International Sword Swallowers Day. Today we will preview Illinois as a team. We'll look at their schedule. Who have they played? Have they played good teams? They have. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about their resume as a whole, their team performance, and then individual performers to watch out for. And then, to close the show, we will go through keys to the game. Let's first begin. I typically will talk about thoughts on press conferences or any news from Ohio State basketball in between days in which they don't play. Today, I've got nothing for you. We might as well just get right into previewing Illinois. Obviously, we know where Ohio State is at this point in the season, and I'll just say it right now. I don't expect Ohio State to win another basketball game this season. Their baseball team may win before Ohio State's basketball team wins. Their football team most likely will win before this men's basketball team gets another win. I do not expect another win this season for Ohio State, Illinois, Maryland, and Michigan State coming up before playing in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. I don't see a winnable game on the schedule after losing to Penn State. And I also know that I have not recapped a game yet since beginning this podcast in which Ohio State has won. And for that reason, we know I've cursed the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I'm sorry. Sue me or don't. Doesn't matter, won't change the fact that for some reason I have cursed Ohio State basketball. Let's talk about Illinois. The Fighting Illini, 19-9 this season, 10-7 in the Big Ten. This is a team most likely in the NCAA tournament should they continue to play how they have. Now, if they were to lose out from here, maybe a little bit tougher, but a monumental win over Northwestern on Thursday night while Ohio State played patty cake with Penn State. Sorry, I I blanked there for a second. I was at the freaking game. Maybe I blocked it out of my mind. Whatever. Some kind of subconscious decision my brain decided to make. While Ohio State was playing patty cake with Penn State, Illinois decided to go down, I think, by 19 at one point against Northwestern, and then they went on like a 20-5 to run and scored eight unanswered during that run, and they somehow came back and beat Northwestern. It was a huge win. It was at home, so in terms of seeding and things like that, doesn't mean quite as much, but a win over Northwestern is very, very good. So congrats to Illinois on that. Illinois is a team. They're ranked 27th in Ken Baum, 32nd in the net rankings this season, so a top 30 program in the NCAA, I would say they're probably a little bit better than 32nd in net right now. You would expect them to be somewhere along the seed line of 6, 7, 8, somewhere around there if the season were to end today. But 27th in Ken Palm, 32nd in net rankings. They're 3-7 and seven in quad one this year. That'll probably bump them down a seed line or two. But... For what it's worth, they are undefeated in quads three and four, if that means literally anything to you. 
Illinois wins the games they're supposed to win. Spoiler alert, that's one of many reasons why I think Illinois will beat Ohio State on Sunday. In terms of Illinois' schedule, they are pretty battle-tested this year. They played in the Continental Tire main event early on in November. I would hate to be in the non-main event of the Continental Tire pre pre-main event, whatever that's called, in, in boxing and MMA, UFC, all that stuff. Not a huge fan. It's fun to watch sometimes. But boy, imagine being a team not in the main event. I, these these early season tournaments are just the naming conventions. Some of them are they're getting close to the Idaho Potato Bowl in those bowl games in college football. However, in the Continental Tire main event, Illinois knocked off UCLA. UCLA expected to make a run this year in March Madness. Probably won't sniff a one seed, probably not a two, but a three or four, depending on how they play in the Pac-12 tournament, they could wind up a two. But that's a very good win for Illinois. They also lost to Virginia, and somehow Lindenwood stumbled its way to the Continental Tire main event. Took a wrong turn somewhere. Maybe they were trying to head to the Beef O'Brady's main event tournament of of mid-major champions. I don't know. But somehow you've got teams like UCLA, Illinois, and Virginia, and Lindenwood just stumbles in to the tournament. So shout out Lindenwood's AD, I guess. Um, But Lindenwood would fall to Illinois in that one, as would be expected. Now, outside of that and non-conference play, Illinois demolished Syracuse. Syracuse, by the way, Jim Bayheim. I'll go off on a tangent here. I'll happily go off on a tangent here six minutes into the freaking show. Jim Bayheim, known as one of the greatest coaches ever, go look at his numbers. He's got a lot of wins, but not much to show for it. So, and also it feels like in the past 10 years or so, Syracuse is always on the bubble. Again, this year, they are always, always on the bubble. They're never bad enough to not be completely out of it like Ohio State is this year, but it seems like they are always, always on the bubble. I don't know why we're talking about Syracuse. Well, I do know why, because Illinois played them, and they demolished them. Illinois also took out Texas in the Jimmy V Classic, another very, very good win. So some pretty signature wins. And what is one thing that Illinois and Ohio State have in common? You may say they both play in the Big Ten. You may also say they're both located in the Midwestern region of the United States. But would you say that they both have in common that they beat Alabama A&M this season in men's college basketball? Now you should. Both teams beat Alabama A&M. And that program is rolling in some cash. Playing Ohio State and Illinois, same season. Nice job, Alabama A&M. And then something weird happened. Illinois took on Missouri and... Missouri just slapped around the fighting Illini. They said, we're not sure if we're in the Midwest or if we're in the Southeast or just the South Central or just the Central. Not sure what region we belong to, but one thing we do know is that we're better than you, Illinois, at men's college hoops. Illinois was demolished in that one after demolishing Syracuse a couple weeks before. 
So, Illinois, they've played some high-quality teams in the non-conference. They're battle-tested. They've got a nice mix of freshmen contributing and upperclassmen really holding it down there for the Fighting Illini. They're not the hottest of teams right now, although they did just beat the hottest team in America outside of Kansas at home by taking Kansas at home in the Big 12 or maybe just Kansas at home in general. Anyways, they took down Northwestern on Thursday night. If you didn't see that game, that's okay. Even those of us who watched the game didn't really see it either. I saw this on Twitter for some reason, but I noticed even watching this game on the replay, I did not watch the game because I was viewing Ohio State from the shot on Thursday night when Illinois and Northwestern were playing, but camera, something was wrong. I'm not the audiovisual expert you may glorify me to be because I have my own podcast, which really isn't that hard to do. If you want to start a competing podcast, you very easily could just get a nice mic. But the the viewing experience there in Champaign, Illinois for Illinois Northwestern on Thursday night was horrendous. Illinois, my favorite color is orange. We're you're you're getting to learn a lot about me, right? Favorite color is orange. I love Illinois' color schemes, their uniforms, especially in football since they updated them. They've got some nice unis, basketball, orange and blue, it's cool. The dark blue contrasts the orange well. They've got a big block I. If you don't like their big block I, then you shouldn't like Ohio State's block O because it's the exact same thing. But anyways, I am burying the lead in this one. This story of mine. Watching that game, it looked like it was like not even 1990 to where it's kind of distorted and just a little bit more grainy or blurry. But the colors, the orange did not pop. Northwestern, their colors looked just like meh. The black and the purple, it was weird. I don't know if if that was just a one-time thing or what, but people were even tweeting about it. It wasn't a good viewing experience. It was sad. It took away from the atmosphere. Be better, Big Ten Network. Maybe if they were subsidized by ESPN like Longhorn Network. Imagine having a school that just has your own network. That would be cool. Anyways, it it was a horrible viewing experience on Thursday night. Back to what we're actually talking about. Illinois beat Northwestern on Thursday night. Illinois was down by a lot. They looked like they were going to get blown out. And then they just come back in the second half with a vengeance. And we'll talk about a couple players that helped them get there. But again, Illinois, not the hottest of teams right now. They don't really scare you in terms of teams that they've won and lost to previously. But sitting at 19-9. and nine, 10-7 and seven in the Big Ten Conference. That's a really solid spot to be in. As a whole, their team offensively, they rank 55th in Ken Palm's offensive efficiency, adjusted offensive efficiency. I should say they're not a great free throw shooting team either, but when you look at the numbers a little more specifically, they're averaging 74.7 points per game. That's good for third in the Big Ten. So scoring a fair amount of points. So far this season, although they're not the most efficient, their field goal percentage, fifth in the Big Ten, 45.5% from the field. And they do not make a lot of threes, but they sure do shoot 
a lot of threes. 31.4% from behind the arc, led by Matthew Mayer, of course. But Illinois, 12th in the Big Ten in terms of three-point percentage. But they do make a fair amount because they shoot a lot. And they're the third-best team offensively rebounding the ball in the Big Ten. 11.5 rebounds per game on the offensive glass as a whole. 38.5 total rebounds per game. That's second in the Big Ten behind, you guessed it, Purdue. And well behind Purdue when it comes to rebounding margin. 5.6 plus rebounds per game as compared to their opponents. That is second. Purdue is at, I think, like plus 10 or 11. Just way ahead of the pack in the Big Ten. So Illinois, a good rebounding team. They're consistently a very good rebounding team. And defensively as well, not bad either. They give up 65.3 points per game. That's six in the Big Ten. Not great, but where they're really, really strong is in blocking shots. They lead the Big Ten in shots blocked. They've got three players in the top eight in blocks. They're also third in the Big Ten in steals. So they'll block shots, three players in the top eight among all Big Ten players. That's incredible. Third in steals. When it comes to field goal percentage and things like that, they're giving up 40.6% of field goal attempts going in. That's third in the Big Ten, pretty solid. Their three-point percentage against, not the best at 33.5%. That is 11th in the Big Ten. Now, Illinois is the only team in the Big Ten this season, at least at this point, with more turnovers total than assists. Only team in the Big Ten with more turnovers than assists this season. That, as you may guess, is not very good. Not the best team at taking care of the ball. Specifically, they're very good defensively. Again, mentioned third and steals in the Big Ten. They just simply don't take care of the ball very well. More turnovers than assists. Not good when it comes to the Illinois Fighting Line offensively this season. So, as a whole... I, I really struggle to figure out what the identity of this Illini team is. I would say, if it were anything, it would be being a pretty solid defensive team and just being big and long. Matthew Mayer, he is big and long, nice wingspan. They rebound the ball well. They'll block shots, like we mentioned. So really, like, kind of a classic Illinois team in the past couple of years where they can rebound the ball really, really well. They've got a good presence in the low post. They've got good presence on the wing as well to where they can get into passing lanes and things like that. So Illinois as a whole, pretty good team. I I really like, I like watching Illinois specifically. I mean, they're different than, than like a Northwestern team or Purdue team where you know exactly what their identity is. This is a type of team where they've just got a lot of high quality players. And they use them all well and allows them to win 19 games to this point. Speaking of high-quality players, did you see, did you hear, did you catch wind of Terrence Shannon Jr. on Thursday night? He essentially won the game for Illinois against Northwestern. He played solid defense and offensively as we got down the stretch in that one. He's making threes. 
He's dunking it. Sometimes he's dunking it. He got fouled on the floor. He goes up for a dunk and just a nasty left-handed slam. He's also left-handed. There's something very, very fun about watching a pure scorer who's also left-handed. I will say, like, watching a left-handed quarterback, eh, I don't I don't want any part of that. It's not pretty to me. But there's very, very, very something special about a left-handed scorer in basketball. Maybe you don't feel the same way. But as I watch Terrence Shannon Jr. this year, he's a senior guard. By the way, he's been in Illinois for quite some time. You look at a player who's just really, really fun to watch. He's averaging 17.3 points per game this season. That's good for 7th in the Big Ten. He's also got the 11th best field goal percentage. As of right now in the Big Ten at 44.9% shots made. Just one decimal point away from being at an even 45% from the field. Good free throw shooter as well at 78.7% from the charity stripe. By the way, Illinois, neither hot nor cold, neither hither nor thither, neither here nor there when it comes to the free throw line this year. They really won't make you pay all that much, but they'll hit some shots at an average rate. Terrence Shannon Jr., not only is he a fun scorer to watch, he's really, really solid. He was instrumental in the win over Northwestern, but he's really, really solid when it comes to being able to score from all parts of the floor. He'll make some threes. Hey, actually, he makes a lot of threes. He's just not the most efficient. There's not a lot of efficient three-point shooters on Illinois, but Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to be the player to watch for Illinois. Ohio State is going to have to make a consistent effort in taking out Terrence Shannon Jr. in this one. He will be involved in one of my two keys to the game just a few minutes away. Matthew Mayer, fifth-year forward from Baylor. You remember the name most likely if you're somewhat of a fan of college basketball. You've heard the name before. And there's a chance that if you flipped on Big Ten Network in November and it was 6 o'clock on Wednesday and you watched Illinois taking on East Central Online University West Campus Community College State School, you would probably not even know that Matthew Mayer was playing for Illinois. You might not. His minutes were very, very low to start the year, but they have increased mightily since like about the January mark of the year. Again, you maybe didn't even know he transferred until you get into Big Ten play and you really start to watch Illinois or college basketball more closely in general. Mayer, he's scoring very, very well recently. One of the hottest scorers in the Big Ten. Here are some numbers I drummed up looking at Mayer's stats this year. In his past 15 games, how many times has he scored in double digits? I'll let you guess. I'll pause. You probably got a random number in your head. If it's 13, you would be correct. 13 of 15 games he scored in double digits since January 4th. So scoring very consistently, and that number continues to go up and up pretty much every single game. In his last eight games, he's got 14 points or more in, guess how many in eight games? You may be thinking five, you may be thinking eight, you may be thinking six. If you thought seven, you would be wrong. It's actually six. Six of his last eight, he scored 14 points or more. And he's also got six games. I'm not even going to make you guess. Six games with 
20 or more points this season. So Mayer's got the capability to score against Northwestern. Again, he just shoots with confidence. First half, he was O of, I think, 6 from the field. That number is probably incorrect, but he didn't make a shot in the first half against Northwestern. Second half opens up. Illinois goes on a little mini run, and then Northwestern goes on a run, and you look like seven minutes left in this game. You got no reason to watch the game. Looks like it's going to be a blowout. Illinois comes back again, makes a push. But Mayer made a couple of threes to open up the second half. He got fouled on a couple shots, made some free throws. He was 8 of 8 from the free throw line against Northwestern. But this is a player who shoots with confidence. He'll take and he'll make a lot of triples. Now, where is he across the whole season? He's averaging 12.6 points per game. That's good for top 25 in the Big Ten. He's also top 25 in rebounding at 5.4 rebounds per game. And he's also one of those three Illinois players in the top eight in blocks in the Big Ten at 1.3 blocks per game. So Matthew Mayer, a good defender, long, good wingspan. He is a lengthy forward who can take and make it from deep. He'll shoot with confidence. This is a player that Ohio State will also have their hands full with in this one. Illinois, again, they've got so many players that are like almost worth mentioning. I'll also mention Coleman Hawkins from Illinois. He's a junior forward, averaging 9.8 points per game. Nothing crazy, but he is a good rebounder. 6.4 rebounds per game is 14th in the Big Ten. And he's also got three assists per game right on the line at 3.0 assists per game. Pretty good for a big man. I felt like that was worth mentioning as well. He's another solid defender, though. 1.2 blocks per game. Coleman Hawkins, not necessarily a huge offensive threat, but he will rebound the ball well. Another just long player that Illinois has. And a thick player, too. He He's by no means a Zed key, or by no means a nice likely, but Coleman Hawkins... He's got some wideness to that base of his. Other players you can mention, if you've heard the names, if you're really into college basketball recruiting, you know Jaden Epps and Sky Clark. Both of those players, freshmen, top 100 recruits from the last recruiting class. Of course, Jaden Epps not making a huge impact early on. I wouldn't say he's playing horribly. He played okay against Northwestern. Definitely had a down spell there in that one. But he's played okay overall. Sky Clark, on the other hand, he stepped away from the team in January. He's had, I believe, two major injuries in his career. He had an ACL once, and I think he had another major injury. Again, if you would just tell your friends about the show and you would ask them to subscribe, maybe I could afford an unpaid intern, and he would be able to tell me about Sky Clark's injury history. Anyways... Sky Clark stepped away from the team in January. I'm going to guess he's not going to be back in a fighting Illini uniform ever, would be my guess. Why do I say that? Well, stepping away from a team for, quote, personal reasons, you wonder what's going on there. You see players stepping away for personal reasons all the time. Amani Bates would be an example, and then they don't return to the team. Also, if you do your detective work, you'll see that Sky Clark's little brother committed to Illinois. He has since decommitted around the same time when Clark stepped away from the program. So overall, Illinois, 
They are just a solid team from top to bottom. Good depth. Terrence Shannon Jr. is the guy, but of course, Matthew Maynard, Jaden Epps, Coleman Hawkins, Sky Clark. Never mind. Not anymore. RJ Melendez, another solid player as well. You've got Sincere Harris, who's another freshman for Illinois, who's playing some high-quality minutes. So overall, this is just a good, a well-put-together team is Illinois. Let's talk about keys to the game. How can Ohio State beat Illinois? I told you at the top of the show, I don't think Ohio State can. Now, that's not true. I think Ohio State can. They have the ability. They have the potential. But with the way this season is going, even with all the talent that is on the floor, and and just... If you think about this, how in the world, there's no excuse. Bryce Sensenball, one of the best recruits in the nation, as is Bruce Thornton. You've got Roddy Gale as well, high-quality freshman. You've got Zed Key returning. I know he's been injured, and now he's out for the year. You've got Justice Suing, plenty of experience. Felix Akpar, I mean, you just go down the list. It, it, this is nothing new if you're an Ohio State fan. You understand what I'm getting at here. With all this talent... How can Ohio State be 13th in the Big Ten? How can Ohio State be going into a game against Illinois? If you run this simulation of this season 99 more times, does it get any worse than this? I doubt it. And I think that in 99 other simulations, you see Ohio State at least having a fighter's chance against Illinois, especially at home in the shot. I will digress for now. Can Ohio State beat Illinois? Sure. They can i will give you that they can beat illinois will they i don't think so two keys to the game for ohio state number one please take care of terrence shannon jr you know who he is as a player you know that illinois most consistent scorer offensively throughout the entire depth and breadth and width and length of the season, and any word you would like to use there, you know it's Terrence Shannon Jr., and then it's everyone else for Illinois. Please guard Terrence Shannon Jr. Take care of him. Against Penn State, Jalen Pickett, the guy, two points in the first half. Great work. Round of applause for Ohio State on that one, taking Pickett out of the game. In the second half, no consistency defensively. And Pickett consistently scored to close games, scoring Penn State's final 14 points. Let's not let Terrence Shannon Jr. do that. Please. I beg you. That's my first key to the game. Shut down Terrence Shannon Jr. Close out on Matthew Mayer when he shoots for sure. Try to rebound the ball well, which probably won't happen. Illinois is a solid rebounding team. And without Felix Akpara... Bryce Sensenbaugh, of course, is a solid rebounder, but you have no real threat at the center position, at the five, at the postman for Ohio State. Sure, Eugene Brown. Okay, Owen Spencer. I thought, by the way, I thought Owen Spencer was a little bit thicker. I know I talk about players' thickness a lot. It's important, I guess. If I say it's important, it is. It's my show. Watching the game against Penn State, I got a very good view of Owen Spencer and the entire team. Sat in section 134, that's right next to the bench, to the right of the student section if you're facing the court. Now that you know exactly where I was, which is such an important detail at this point, but we're 29 minutes in the show, so 
it is what it is. But looked at Owen Spencer and I was like, man, I thought that you had a little more muscle on you. He doesn't have as much muscle as you might think, at least seeing him in person. Anyways, probably not going to be able to out-rebound Illinois. You're probably not going to be able to out-defense Illinois. So your first plan is to take out Terrence Shannon Jr. Your second plan, let's just go have fun, guys. I don't really know what I call the second point of the game, but just go find someone offensively. And this is probably going to be my second point of the game for every game for the rest of the year. Second key is just continue to find freshmen who you can build off of next year. Adam Jardy, love Adam Jardy. He tweeted a couple days ago, he expects all the freshmen to be back. It was unclear if that meant Bryce Sensenball as well based on the phrasing or if that just meant Roddy Gale, Felix Akpara, and Bruce Thornton. I've said all along I expect all those freshmen to be back except for Bryce Sensenball. But when I say it, because I only have a couple followers on Twitter, people are like, no, I don't believe you. Well, Adam Jardy said it. You believe me now? Anyways, find these freshmen Find who you can build off of. Bruce Thornton, can you please finish the game averaging like, finish a year, sorry, averaging like 14 points per game? That would be fantastic to see 14 points here, 17 there, 12 there, 16 there. That would be great to see to end the year because I think there's a lot of potential there. So my second key of the game is simple. Just continue to find building blocks for next season because, again, next season is so far away but it's hard for me not to get excited about Team 125 for the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's going to do it for this show. It's been fun, I hope, for you. Again, I plead, I beg. We've grown the show a lot, way more than I would have ever expected when I first started this thing, that we're about a month in now, and we're already seeing about 300 listeners on our shows, that's really, really cool. Maybe years from now, we'll still be at about 300 if that's the case. Tough. But it's a really cool foundation to build off of, so please, follow if you haven't already, and subscribe, so that every time we drop an episode, it will at least be there for you. It's free, doesn't cost you anything, your data is not spread into the great unknown it already is by the way but it won't be any further because you subscribe and follow us on twitter at the shop pod i'd love to hear your feedback if you are listening right now and you're hearing my voice you i'm singling you out listener listener number 32 or 11 or 97 i don't care who you are seriously dm me on twitter let me know what you think of the show let me know where you could be improved where where it could be better, whatever that may be, please do it. I'd love to hear from you. This has been the Views from the Shot podcast, and go Bucks.